Welcome to another end of the week. Well, it's not quite the end of the week for our Sourced Week in Review podcast. Jordan McDonald, why are we doing this on a Thursday? I'm off on an overseas trip tomorrow. Off to Phuket. Well, that's a fair reason. Yeah, it's a fair reason, I reckon. <laughs> it's a good, it's, that's yeah. good enough for why we're doing the Week in Review a day before the yes, week finishes. Yes, a day early. But it's your week early. is finishing, so that's fantastic. It is, it is. So let's get stuck <laughs> into it. A few different topics today, some that we've spoken about before mm-hmm. and we'll revisit. One of those ones that is coming up right now, which is really interesting for the topics that we cover when we talk about audience behaviour, what audiences uh, consume, how they consume it, um, what is changing, um, is the way we watch sport on television, and we've discussed this a fair bit. I say television like I'm archaic because it could be on your phone, could be on anything, but yes. let's just use the word television because I'm old. But the AFL TV rights uh, look as though they're getting close to a decision on who mm-hmm. will hold those TV rights in the years to come. Um, the media speculation talks about the fact that if you want to watch your AFL, um, it's likely, it says it's seven and uh, Foxtel, who are the current yeah. partners, will have it again. Yep. There's been a really interesting development in that which came yesterday and gets some reporting today, which is the Federal Communications Minister coming out and saying, well, I wouldn't be so happy if under the New Deal we see fewer games on free-to-air television, mm. um, which has drawn a fair bit of eyebrow-raising in the sense that you don't often hear a minister come in and intervene um, like that. So... Why is the minister doing that and what does it mean for how we as Australians consume our sport? That's one element we want to talk about today. And can I say that because we're Australia, these discussions about media rights are always entangled in a whole bunch of potential uh, vested interests. Mm. So we're reading today about uh, this story in two different publications – in the Australian. The Australian is, of course, owned by News Corp, which uh, is the dominant owner of uh, Foxtel, which is Fox Sports, uh, 100% owner of Fox Sports. Right. Yep, yep. So, but that is specified in the story. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that, that's, uh, that's the background to uh, these, that the Australian. Also, the same story is in the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age, which is, of course, owned by Nine Entertainment Company, which also owns Nine Free-to-Air Television and, right. of course, Stan Streaming Services. Yes, that's true. Stan, yes. the uh, broadcaster of Rugby Union. So just keep all that in mind. Now, uh, I'm not criticising that because that's just the landscape of Australian media. I used to edit a News Corp paper. Mm-hmm. I, I know that these companies in Australia with the size of our uh, our market here, um, that's the way it works. So that's not a criticism, it's just an observation. So the Federal Communications Minister came out yesterday and said, let's make sure that we don't see fewer games on free-to-air. So that obviously gets to a point where we look at the anti-siphoning list. Yes. Okay, the anti-siphoning list is something you don't talk about at parties because you sound like a doofus and it's boring. But it is actually fascinating in terms of this is a list that's about 30 years old. It's government regulation and it says what events need to be offered to -to free-to-air TV first. So there's a bunch of different events that, for instance, you know, an easy one here, the Melbourne Cup. Mm -hmm. The Melbourne Cup can't be offered exclusively to a pay television provider first so that you would have to pay money to watch the Melbourne Cup. 
same as an AFL grand final and NRL grand final. You know, and I, I get that. I really get that because, you know, you, you shouldn't... I guess the way we hold sport in Australia, dear, you shouldn't have to pay to watch some of these things. No. But there is some suggestions in what's uh, going on in the discussions with the AFL that there might be a reduction in free-to-wear games in the next TV deal. And there's all sorts of horse trading going on there. So we may see fewer and fewer. So, Jordan, what happens overseas? Because uh, that's always interesting. Do we as Australians, should we have this right under an anti-siphoning list that's 30 years old before really pay TV really got into life in Australia and, of course, way before streaming services... Are we pampered in Australia in the sense that we get events that we, we get the right to watch that doesn't happen in other countries or does it? What have you found overseas? Well, overseas, I mean, I've looked at um, the NFL in the US and the cricket in the UK. I'll look at the NFL first. Like the broadcast, it, it's broadcast and streamed over several different networks. You've got Fox, NBC, CBS, ESPN, ABC. It's almost the alphabet at this point. And you've got Amazon Prime in there as well. That's right. So in Australia, whereas, say, the the AFL on yeah. free-to-air is just Channel 7. It's just Channel 7. And the NRL's 9. It's not the case in the US. No, it's not the case at all. So like, if you look at this weekend's broadcast of the broadcast schedule of NFL games, it is very different to what we have in Australia. So on a Saturday, for example, there's eight NFL games. Five of those are local. Now, you explained this to me earlier. So the two teams... Yeah, that means so because there's... Um, you know, 16 games a weekend mm. often. Um, not all of those can go to national television. Yep. So some of those will just be broadcast by, like, if uh, Chicago Bears play the Cleveland Browns, mm-hmm. that'll be for local television. Yep. So five of those games on Saturday are local and the remaining three are broadcast on the NFL network. The next day on Which Sunday... Which costs money. You it does. It does cost money, yep. On Sunday, you've got two games. So that's the Giants versus the Jets. That's on the NFL network again. Yep. But the Lions versus Steelers, it's uh, it'll be available on CBS and Paramount. Okay, so Paramount a streaming service pushing in there. Correct. Yep. So uh, Paramount Plus subscribers get access to the CBS Sport. So in the NFL in the US, you're getting some games on free to air, but there are a bunch of games you have to fork out for. And when the season proper starts in a few weeks time Monday Night Football which is such a big thing in the US mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Monday Night Football is ESPN therefore yep. you must pay you don't get to see that uh, as a uh, non-paying customer that's it and then if we look across to the UK for the cricket um, like in 2006 the Sky Sports over there became the exclusive broadcaster of the, the live cricket um, which meant the cricket was no longer part of that crown jewels that they hold there, which is the protected list of events. There's like yep. our Anthony siphoning. Yep. Um, other events on there like the FA Cup and Wimbledon. Um, now, previously, cricket was uh, lived on Channel 4. Yeah. Um, and so the year before it went to Sky Sports, um, Channel 4 was seeing enormous viewership. I think it had... 7.7 million viewers for the Ashes Test on a Monday night. Well, that was that famous 2005 series. Yes. Which uh, was memorable. Yes. Yes. So with those changes um, away from the free-to-air, there's been, there was plenty of criticism. Um, the, the, biggest, the biggest criticism seemed to be around an argument that the, there'd be a lack of exposure to the game if yeah. it was taken off free-to-air yep. TV. But ironically, Sky Sports was arguing that the deal was sort of essential for, for grassroots funding and encouraging youngsters to play. Yeah, and that is one of the challenges, isn't it? In the sense of that's really for the sports themselves. Mm. If you do a free-to-air deal, 
you know the exposure uh, is going to be pretty generous if you do a deal with a pay television or streaming service you're going to get fewer eyes because people have to pay to watch it that's it but you will um, have maybe more money so that's the balance how do you as a sport say well we need to balance this up I, I, I must say from the federal government the federal government probably doesn't want to be the one blamed uh, for uh, AFL fans losing some free-to-air games. I, I can see that. I still think that the federal government's comments yesterday were quite extraordinary. Mm. They really were. I mean, that's the federal government. It's got the laws set up. If it wants to review the laws, it can do that. But if that AFL deal falls within the scope of the anti-siphoning laws, well, that's not the problem of the AFL as such. They're, if the AFL takes a decision that they will take some games or free to wear to get more revenue well mm-hmm. that's the decision it makes but for a government to intervene i'm not really comfortable with that and i can see why they do that the governments but uh, they don't take kindly to media telling them what to do uh, i know that from experience so <laughs> um that's it i'm really fascinated by that um we know that there's uh well we discussed this this morning yeah chris lynn yes um Big news yeah, Kristen signed with the Adelaide Strikers for eleven games mm. of the um, of the Big Bash season before he goes overseas to play in a tournament mid mid season. Mm. That's been all organised. But interesting, reading through the publicity, there was a very prominent mention of the yes. fact that Linney's new team, the Strikers, would be playing his old team, the Brisbane Heat, in a yep. game. I think it said December twenty three. Yep, and you can only watch it on Fox Sports. Mm. So again, part of that sort of thing about, yes. well, you know, so I, I think it's a debate that we're going to hear more and more of in Australia now, <clears throat> more and more in the sense that technology moves faster than reg- regulation. Mm-hmm. It does all the time. Yep. I mean, to have an anti-siphoning list, which is essentially grounded in 1990s um, media. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Boy, that's a long time ago. It is. Probably um, due an update. Yeah. And so how much in Australia over the years... Will we see that uh, determination to protect free-to-air TV? Uh, how much is free-to-air TV committed to paying when they know they have some government support there where mm. they you know, can get around that? Uh, one fascinating thing for me is you know, the US is often well in front of us on technology yes. with, with media. However, I'm not sure our mindset in Australia is the same as the mindset in the US on this. Now... The Major League Baseball this year did a deal with Apple TV to give two games on a Friday night American time to Apple TV. Yep. Now, I'm a bit of a baseball junkie. I subscribe to the Major League <laughs> Baseball uh, TV pass yes. where you can watch every game, mm-hmm. all 2,560 games of the season. You oh can watch God. them uh, except for the Apple TV games. And that's never happened before. So if you want to watch those two baseball games a weekend, if your team happens to be in one of those two games, you literally have to watch it on Apple TV because there is nowhere else to watch it. So that is a step I haven't seen before because normally you can still get it through another means. Like if you subscribe to the the, the league pass, whether it be uh, NFL or, or baseball or um, any other sort of the big sports, you can still see the game, but not now. Yeah. So what happens in Australia, I don't know. I'm really interested to see what the AFL announces, maybe as soon as next week when you're sunning yourself uh, on a beach somewhere. Oh. Maybe they'll announce that. <laughs> I don't know, but it's a really interesting development. So uh, now on another topic and one that we've also looked at before mm-hmm. um, is to do with uh, what we're consuming 
um, with our radio. Now, this week we're going to look at Radio National from the ABC and we're going to thank the guys at Unmade to do a podcast, a very good podcast. They have lots of information they put out daily. It's, it's, a, it's a really good source. But today they put something out about Radio National, Jordan, and its viewer numbers, which are falling. Yeah, no, the, the Sorry, listener numbers, my mistake. Yes, the listener numbers. No, there, it was a great little um, uh, article that was sent through this uh, this week, and it sort of began with a statement that said Australia's most influential radio show has never had fewer listeners. Um, and yeah, as we mentioned, unfortunately, it's ABC Radio Nationals because they're struggling with a, an average audience of about sixty four thousand listeners across Australia for their morning program. That's so, not a lot when you break it down, is it? Oh, it's pretty small. 64,000 when yes, you break that down across a yes. nation. Considering some of the competitors in just the, like I say, Sydney market have doubled the audience in yeah, just, just the one city. city yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so the fifth annual rating survey was published this week and it was a, a pretty tough look. And it was specifically a tough look at the that breakfast slot, which is that 5.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. Yep, where it all happens. So yeah. the breakdown, just a couple of cities here. you got Melbourne, 20,000 listeners on average. Yep. Brisbane, 5,000. And Perth, 4,000. Wow. That's pretty tiny. I've just crunched some numbers here and my maths has got an asterisk on it, but 64,000 people out of a population of, say, 25 million, which I'm just saying 25 million, uh, Equates to point zero zero two percent of the people. Yes. Yeah, that's a bit tough. So the audience is half what it was before the pandemic. Now, look, perhaps the pandemic has impacted the station a bit, but I'm not sure you could blame the pandemic exclusively. I mean, we know people turned on radio the same, if not a fraction more, during COVID. They really trusted that the information yeah, they were getting it was, it was a really reliable source of information. Yep. So then you ask, you know, what is the issue? Um, throughout the article, uh, the Unmade guys, they mentioned that perhaps it was the axing of the, the 7.45 a.m. news bulletin yep. in 2020. A lot of publicity there. Yep. Um, according to the surveys, the audience has never recovered since then. It hasn't been as big. Um, and then the other cause was potentially that last year, Fran Kelly, she stepped down after 16 years. Yep, in breakfast. It's a long time yep. to be at the helm. Yep. Uh, so in the five years since then, her successor, the audience just hasn't kept up. It's sort mm. of unfortunately fallen away. Um, podcast was mentioned at the end, and I reckon that could be a valid third reason. I mean, the ABC does a very good job with their podcasting in that podcasting space, and I wonder yeah. if a greater portion of the audience is maybe getting their radio fix through Spotify or iTunes or wherever else they get their, their podcasts. Um, I think radio has really harnessed social media really well to reach new audiences yep. in the last couple of years. Yep. Um, and it's, I'm constantly seeing different accounts yeah. pop up on TikTok with videos of you know snippets from there. Um, and you can people can enjoy that content there or they can listen back to the segment they want when they want to later on in the day. You know, if they, if they prefer yeah. the 5.31, That's they can right. listen to it at work later on. They have to listen live. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's an interesting topic. We touched on this a little bit the other week with, the, with yeah. Triple J. Um, yeah, what do you think? Oh, I find, that it's a, as you said, it's a good, good piece by the Unmade guys. Mm. It's an older audience, a Radio National audience, and there are some really good shows in Radio National, but you can pick them up on... Thanks, Siri. <laughs> it was Siri just helping me out. Um, there is some, there's some really good shows, but you can pick them up on podcasts. But I think the interesting thing is that 
the audience of Radio National is older and I think we sometimes underestimate the ability of older audiences to really get into technology. And I know this from my former role as a newspaper editor. Our, we launched an iPad app mm-hmm. and we had really good uptake from older readers. Yep. They had the disposable income to buy uh, iPads yep. and they could easily download an app and get stuck in. They liked it. That's the same as Facebook. The most engaging audience is that 60 plus. Yeah, so yeah. I wonder and if they're on a podcast, mm. they're a smart audience um, and it's so competitive for Radio National. In the old days, whatever was on the radio, it had to be That's on the it. frequency. If it wasn't That's AM it. or FM, it didn't exist. It didn't exist. We spoke to some guys who were running a radio station at Springfield, Radio Springfield. They exist only through an app. They're quite happy with their numbers. You can only get them through an app, but you plug your phone into your car. Your car, exactly, yeah. They're coming through your speaker system. They're not even on digital uh, radio. So, um, yeah, I think it's really uh, interesting to see what happens. But, uh, hey, it's it's why we do the podcast because everything changes. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, speaking of change, our last topic today, Jordan, social media – we haven't spoken about Facebook for a few weeks from memory. What's happening with I'm Facebook I'm sure everyone's now? relieved that we haven't <laughs> spoken about Facebook for a few weeks. But it's a bit of a silly one. It's not, uh, it's not too full on. Um, I'm wondering if anyone else noticed the little glitch that happened this week. Because um, I certainly noticed it. If, if you went onto your news feed this week, there was a little glitch that occurred where you would have seen a heap of posts from random people who were posting on a celebrity or just a public figure's Facebook. Yeah. And it was showing up in your newsfeed. You didn't even have to follow them or be friends with them. So, you know, I had friends posting on uh, the Eminem rapper's wall (laughs) and I saw some fantastic meme work from strangers aimed at Mark Zuckerberg as well. Um, But, yeah, uh, look, it was addressed by Meta. They spoke out. Uh, a spokesperson made a comment said that there was a configuration change within Facebook and that caused this issue but it was very quickly resolved but obviously not quick enough Um, look it's not the most exciting news but I found it fascinating because of the engagement that it created on the platform so in the early days of Facebook I don't know if you remember but when you posted on like a celebrity page or your friend's wall or a business page it would show up in the news feed um, it would have your name and arrow yep. and the, the business yep. or the person's name. Um, and it would show exactly what you posted and everyone could <laughs> see it. So all your friends could see it and including the audience of the yeah. people, uh, the audience of the page or person you, you've uh, sent it to. Um, now, it's, uh, it's been interesting because of that, a, a, a few people went viral for what they posted on celebrities' walls and people quickly picked up on it. I had a few friends that run business pages, business pages representing themselves or actual businesses they yeah. they look after, just trying to capitalise on the engagement, just sort of spark some engagement on the page again. Yep. A few of them did quite well. Um, but it was just unfortunately short-lived. But It's a it, good reminder how much it's changed, it? Isn't it is. It's honestly, Facebook, it's very hard to get engagement going on your page. Yep. Um, so this was, a, this was a nice little break and uh, people could have a bit of fun with it. But um, yeah, just something silly at the end of the week. It's a great reminder too. Audiences love uh, mistakes. Audiences love them. You know, if they it, do. If it was seen as Facebook had stuffed up, one thing I've always said in working with clients... Um, Media love, incompetence or deceit. Mm. Uh, and if you combine them in the sense that 
um, your deceit and you then get busted, which shows your incompetence to get busted. Uh, we just love it. Audiences always love a mistake here or there. So, um, but again, a good flashback to how Facebook used to be in the past. Exactly. So, um, yes. well, that brings us to the end of this week. And there's no podcast next week, of course, because uh, yes. you won't be here. I won't be here, no. But we'll resume the week after that. Yeah. But yeah, okay, we'll resume so, there. Yeah. Well, enjoy that time away. Will we? I don't yes. even know. I can't think off the top of my head. If we're back the week after, but I can't either. We'll we'll get some already in holiday mode. <laughs> we'll just tune down. You can bring in some uh, some input from overseas. What you yeah, see? Yeah, I'll report back with whatever I find. What's your the <laughs> uh, the audience engagement from overseas? Um, so have a great trip. Thank you. We'll look forward to seeing you back. Uh, shout out to Penny. Oh yes, shout out to Penny, and uh, we'll, we'll shout listener. out a few others as well. Uh, see you soon. See you then.